African Dialogue, looking at different events in depth, discussing a variety of issues. What we see here is a clear violation of one, the right to privacy of Tiwonge and uh, Stephen. The position of Greenpeace is that it's been a disappointing meeting. Thank you for joining us right here on uh, African Dialogue, right here on Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. And uh, thank you for joining us on Channel 802. Remember, we're also on shortwave. You can listen to us online on www.channelafrica.co.za. Well, uh, today we're going to be looking at the importance of uh, youth participation in uh, parliaments and uh, really focusing on the theme of Youth Month in South Africa. So we'll be continuing on uh, that theme of looking at youth issues, looking at youth participation in Parliament. But before we get into that, let's get our news. We've got Joalani Tulo with us, and she'll give us our news. Top stories as the world marks World Refugee Day. At least 65.3 million people were uprooted worldwide last year, many of them fleeing the fleeing wars in their countries of origin. Hundreds of Namibians from all walks of life staged a peaceful demonstration in the capital over the weekend, during which they strongly condemned government's plans to build a new parliament building. And finally, Zimbabwe police have detained, denied reports rather, that two members of the Indian cricket team touring Zimbabwe have been arrested on rape allegations. Good morning. As the world marks World Refugee Day, at least 65.3 million people were uprooted last year, many of them fleeing wars in their countries of origin, according to the United Nations Refugee Agency. The figure, which jumped from 59.5 million in 2014 and by 50% in five years. This means that one in every 113 people on the planet is now a refugee, asylum seeker, or internally displaced in a home country. Fighting in Syria, Afghanistan, Burundi, and South Sudan has driven the the latest exodus, bringing the the total number of refugees to 21.3 million, half of them children. The NUHCR has released these statistics in its Global Trends report marking World Refugee Day. Meanwhile, South Africa is said to be among the three countries housing the highest number of refugees on the continent. Hundreds of Namibians from all walks of life staged a peaceful demonstration in the capital over the weekend, during which they strongly condemned government's plans to build a new parliament building. Members of President Haige Gengob's administration have on various occasions defended the new parliament, saying it would accommodate all MPs plus members of the National Council and therefore accelerate deliberations and implementation of legislation. A memorandum of 10 pages and 3,000 signatures was handed over to the Speaker of Parliament. The demands are totally wild, completely off the mark. It doesn't necessarily uh, reflect the true position of the subject matter. We are at the very 
initial stage in terms of planning. So the petition will enjoy the attention of our relevant committee and the group will be informed accordingly. Algerian soldiers have killed eight armed Islamist militants in the operation south of the capital on Sunday. The militants were killed in an ambush in a mountainous area of the Medea region, about 80 kilometers south of Algiers. Arms and ammunition were also seized. The ambush was part of an ongoing operation against militants that began on early this month. It has so far led to the killings of 12 militants and the arrests of four others. Gambian authorities have acknowledged that prominent opposition activist Solo Sandeng died after his arrest in April. Human Rights Watch told AFP that and the party's chief lawyers confirmed the government had officially acknowledged the death to them. UN Chief Ban Ki-moon had demanded an investigation into the reported death of Sandeng, a senior figure in the main opposition United Democratic Party. He was detained after taking part in a rare demonstration calling for the resignation of President Yaya Yame. His death sparked further protests and arrests. And finally, Zimbabwe police have denied reports that two members of the Indian cricket team told Zimbabwe have been arrested on rape allegations. A report in a Zimbabwean publication earlier claimed that at least one Indian player had been picked up by police following rape claims made by a local woman. Police say one of the men was part of an Indian company contracted by Zimbabwe Cricket to engage with sponsors. The suspects are expected to apply for bail in 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 court in Harare today. And recapping the top stories, the Sawa. As the world marks World Refugee Day, at least 65.3 million people were uprooted worldwide last year, many of them fleeing wars in their countries of origin. Hundreds of Namibians from all walks of life staged a peaceful demonstration in the capital over the weekend, during which they strongly condemned government's plans to build a new parliament building. And finally, Zimbabwe police have denied reports that two members of the Indian cricket team touring Zimbabwe have been arrested on rape allegations. For Channel Africa, I'm Jolani Tulo. Good news for listeners in America. You can now listen to Channel Africa by phoning 605-47-1711. So, if you're a Channel Africa listener in America, simply dial 605-47-1711. Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. Yes, you are listening to Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. You with me, Benjamin Mushatam, as usual, right here in African Dialogue, where we zoom into topics that really have to deal with our continent of Africa. We bring a debate and a discussion around that. We know that currently it's uh, the celebration of uh, June 16 in South Africa. We know that because of that, uh, South Africa has dubbed this month Youth Month, following the Soweto uprising that took place in 1976. In light of this today we look at youth participation in parliament the nelson mandela children's fund in partnership with the department of social development uh, develop what they now call the youth parliament the forum gives the youth an opportunity to tell uh, really legislators members of parliament how to further strengthen democracy and also influence policies separate to this initiative the uh, south african um, uh, government also hosted a youth parliament early this month in the western cape province 
province to create a platform between young people and members of the provincial legislatures on uh, issues affecting them daily. So today we speak about that importance of youth participation and what it actually means for a parliament. And uh, we've got Josias uh, Masango on the line who is uh, Mpumalanga ambassador. Um, if I'm not mistaken, that's part of the Nelson Mandela Children's Fund uh, uh, initiative of the Youth Parliament. And also uh, we have Wanga Mulawudzi who is also a Limpopo ambassador. They're part of the Nelson Mandela's Children's Fund. And uh, also we've got on the line uh, Tsie Tsimukele who is a project officer of the Youth Leadership, uh, part of the Nelson Mandela's Children's Fund. And uh, we'll also be joined a little bit later by Wiesela Mbotela who is a member of Parliament and part of the South African Youth Council. And really we want to unpack the issue of what is the importance of young people voicing their opinion in Parliament. And as I mentioned, this is in part of our future looking at um, Youth Month in South Africa as we're looking at the uh, really how far have we gone as a country since that uh, uprising uh, in 1976. Now let me start uh, this conversation with you, Tietzi. Tell us a little bit about this Youth Parliament, how it came about and how the Nelson Mandela's Children's Fund became part of that. Thank you. Thank you, Benjamin, for for the opportunity. Uh, my name is Tiet Mukhele. I'm the leadership program officer for the Nelson Mandela Children's Fund. So um, the Nelson Mandela Youth Parliament or Children's Parliament, uh, it, it started um, late in 2000, in the 2000, um, to give young people the opportunity uh, to talk about their issues, you know, and also find solutions to their issues. Um, but also because the, the, the Nelson Mandela Children's Fund, because we work with five-year strategic plans, so in 2011, we, we also we, we, we started with the Children's Parliament, mm. bringing together children from different provinces in South Africa, um, to come and talk about the issues um, around around safety and protection in mm. their um, communities, in their schools, sure. in their homes, and the likes. So, so since 2011, we have conducted uh, five national children's parliament. Mm-hmm. All right, we'll, we'll come back to that. What kind of issues the young people, and maybe we'll speak to the young people themselves around the issues that they're passionate about bringing that forth to Parliament. Or Let's come to Vuise Lambotela, who's a member of Parliament and part of the South African Youth Council. Vuise how are you? I'm fine, and how are you? I'm great. Vuise tell me a little bit about uh, your participation in terms of youth representation in Parliament. I know you're also part of the South African Youth Council. Tell us a little bit about your participation in terms of issues that deal with uh, uh, youth participation in Parliament. Okay, thanks very much. Uh, uh, I must just give a little piece of a background. Sure. Uh, last year, no, 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 in, in fact, two years back, mm. we had a Youth Summit in the Eastern Cape, and we agreed that one, uh, we must have a specific guiding document which will talk about youth development specifically in our own province, as we understand that each and every province is unique. 
last year we adopted a provincial uh, youth summit, youth strategy in a summit that we had in Port Elizabeth, uh, where we had uh, a document that we say conclusively, with the use of this document, young people will feel uh, having been given a chance to participate in the development of their own, in the identification of the uh, um, of the issues that affect them, and also in shaping uh, the country. And it is from that point that even mm. this year we're able to convene our own parliament okay. and be able to make an assessment of the resolutions that we, take, we took in the previous years. And from that time, uh, we can safely say that out of the resolutions that were raised in the previous uh, two years, uh, the provincial strategy has been adopted and it's a cabinet document that is binding to the government and the resolution to say Youth Parliament must be a platform convened yearly by government so that the issues of young people can be raised in a platform where the government leadership is, is present. That has been done. And as I'm talking to you, we have also been invited in a, in, a, in a national youth parliament that is to be place, which we also see as a platform where we are going to interact with other provinces and be able to say, in terms of South Africa conclusively as a country and perhaps even the continent, this is where we think youth in general must be mm. located. And also, these are the avenues that we think our government, our society, our private sector can be able to tap, uh, to tap onto in as uh, so far as youth sure. development. That's mm. why we are in a, in a, mm. in that kind of a process which uh, is, is, is mostly uh, seen to be very much effective during mm, the month of mm, June, mm, even mm. though even after that we do have interactions with government mm. in the sector, but more uh, extensively we find the time and the expression mm. uh, during John month. Well, I'm going to come back to you, Vuisela, but I need to take a quick break, and we'll come back to Josias Musango and Wangamala Wuzi, and they're both ambassadors who are part of the Parliament proceedings with the Nelson Mandela Children's Fund, and also on the line we've got Sietse Mokhele, who is a project officer of the Youth Leadership Department of the Nelson Mandela's Children's Fund. Hey, what do you think is important about this issue that we're talking about? How important is the voice of the youth when it comes to uh, really our parliaments and voicing their views there. We've got a huge demographic of young people just on the entire continent. So this is not just a South African issue. Give us your thoughts. Remember, you can SMS us on plus two seven seven nine six nine five seven nine three zero, or you can email us at info at channelafrica.org. We'll be back after this. It's 11.15 Central African time. Always missing your favorite Channel Africa radio shows? Well, now you don't have to. We have a free catch-up service that allows you to listen to Channel Africa radio content from your cell phone, computer or tablet at your convenience. Visit www.channelafrica.co.za and click on programs for a list of your favorite shows. Select what you want to hear. Click on Listen and enjoy Channel Africa Radio. It's as easy as that. Channel Africa Radio, the voice of the African Renaissance.
Hi, this is Lira, South African Afro soul singer and songwriter. You're listening to Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance, celebrating 20 years of South African freedom and democracy. Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. We're on uh, DSTV on Channel 802. That's on the audio bouquet. Thank you to those who are listening to us there. And if you're listening to us on a shortwave, we're on the frequency 9625 kilohertz on the 31-meter band to Southern Africa. In light of South Africa really acknowledging Youth Month, looking at it historically with the events of 1976 with the Soweto uprising today, we're asking the question, what is the importance of having the voice of young people in our parliaments? What are your thoughts? Plus two seven seven nine six nine five seven nine three zero. Send us your SMSs there, or you can tweet us at African Dialogue or at Channel Africa One. We want to hear your views today. We're joined by also two young ambassadors, Josiah Masango, who is an Impumalang ambassador, and Wanga Mulawudzi, who is a Limpopo ambassador. I want to start with you, Josiah. How did you become an ambassador and part of the Youth Parliament, which is uh, the partnership with the Nelson Mandela uh, Children's? Fund. Tell us a little bit more about yourself and how you became part of this. Thank you very much, Benjamin. Uh, good day. And to all the listeners at home, thank you so much for having me on board. Sure. To say to my he's a 19 year old boy from a small village. He in the Dr. Jewish Morocco local municipality uh, I became part of the Nelson Mandela Children's Parliament in 2013, where I had a vision of seeing my community, mm. actually seeing the, the, the youth of my community. Uh, Josias, I'm just going to need you to speak a little bit louder for me. I can't really hear you. I need you to be very clear. You're a parliamentarian, so when you speak, I need to hear you. Okay, thank you very much. Yes, uh, the vision that I had was to be part of the of the youth that brings change to the community actually. Mm-hmm. So I started taking part and making sure that I participate in, in programs that can bring me to the point where my vision can be exercised. Sure. That's when I met the programs that were put in place by me in my municipality to can try and steer the direction of the youth to a point where they can bring they can be custodians of hope. Sure. That's when I was given an opportunity to can go and be to go to the children's parliament and participate and let my voice be heard at that point. So uh, actually, what contributed for me to be chosen to be part of the Generation Mandela Children's Parliament mm. was actually taking an initiative, starting an initiative and being part. Yes, taking mm. part actually, that's what contributed mostly for me to be part of the Nelson Mandela Children's Fund. Fantastic. Wanga, your participation, how did you get involved as a young person in this youth parliament? Oh, with me, from Limpopo, we just had a lot of um, dialogue. And then from the yeah, a lot from the children had to vote on who they want as the representative to the national sure. parliament. Wanga, was this via so your school or how did it actually happen? Did was it introduced via it was your through yeah. my school? Okay, okay. It was it was through my school, like people who were holding mm. the dialogue came to my school. Oh, fantastic. And then Yes, and then for my school, my principal chose me, and then I went there, and then we had to vote on who we want to be our representative in the national children's parliament, and then I was chosen to go represent 
Mm. Now, I, I want to ask you in this particular uh, perspective, you are a woman right now, a young woman. There's a lot of challenges in South Africa when it comes to young women. We know that pregnancy is one of those issues, especially young children in high school. We've got those uh, issues of youth unemployment, drug abuse, wanga. What are your thoughts around maybe some of the main things for you that you brought forward to Parliament that concern you as a young person currently in modern South Africa? What concerns me a lot is that we have a lot of time to ourselves and we don't have anything to do. We don't know what to do with our time. And then we end up engaging in things that are not beneficial to our life. Mm. Like, if you see, like, you don't just wake up and become pregnant. It's just that you had a lot of time and you misused it. Mm. So, like, the parliament, I say, like, there were a lot of um, extracurriculum activities that used to happen a big thing. And now these like, they have been banned in our schools. We don't have extracurriculum sure, activities sure. anymore. Mm. So then the more we have extracurriculum activities, you have a lot of responsibilities that you mm. you have mm. a lot of responsibility. Then you don't have so much time to you don't have so much free time to yourself. So then mm. there's a lot that you need to do. Then that can to my understanding, that can lower the the rate of pregnancy and drug abuse and everything because you have something to do. You have mm. something that you're responsible of. Mm. Josiah, someone would say, coming to you before I move on to Vuisela, going back to Vuisela, I want to ask you, someone would say, why do you need young people to participate in parliaments? Because already we voted people in and already those people within the uh, whole setup of parliament know what issues to deal with. So we really don't need young people within that framework. Uh, we can get it from maybe uh, more uh, accounts, community councils and they can contribute there, but they don't need to go all the way to the level of being part of parliament proceedings. How would you argue with people who have that thought, Josias? Okay. Thank you very much, very much, Benjamin, for that question. Yes, I would say to them that uh, I'll align it to the vision of the fund, which is to, which is to bring a hero in every child. Mm. We often blame the government for not putting in uh, enough programs to can keep those idle minds busy, but then yet again we must look to them. We must look at the mindset of the the children. We must teach them to facilitate youth programs, but most important, importantly, make them understand that they can make it on their own. They also have their say, and they have their own issues that they face on their own. So taking them to parliament, we are trying to create a communication to break the communication barrier mm. and then help them to, to, can, to can, uh, know that they can, they can express their views and then again they can give the solutions to the problems that they are facing today. So most importantly, importantly is to change the mindset of those people that we must let the elderly take decisions for us knowing that maybe they know what's good for us but then let those changes change day after day uh, Never mind forgetting the the technology now is advanced to a point where the elderly no longer understand it. Mm. We understand it, and again, we can bring the solution that can uh, eradicate the, the, the socioeconomic issues 
Well, coming to you, Vuisel, in terms of looking at this issue of, you know, we're speaking to these young people and speaking about practical ways of actually transforming youth issues within their own communities. But I know that the Eastern Cape Provincial Legislature held a youth parliament earlier this month under the theme of 40 years of unbroken call of youth voices for sustainable youth development. What happens with these initiatives sometimes? You have a debate, you have a dialogue, but does it actually translate into actually bills or legislature does this actually process influence what's happening in the chambers themselves yes i would say it does uh, i would say it does because uh, amongst other things that we need to understand is that when we talk of uh, what would have been agreed in the parliament uh, what then matters most is that resolution being taken down to the lower level because that's where the issues are happening. Mm. And currently you've got a, a government in our own province that has agreed to say the kind of interaction that we have in terms of giving a platform to young people at a provincial level, we must be able to see it happening even at a lower level, which is in our own context will be the district. Uh, before the provincial youth parliament, the government went in all the eight regions to say, can we have a debate? What are the issues and how is your view as a young person on the previous resolution that we had. And that interaction, interaction to us is an indication of us being given a platform. But that as it may, what also matters most is what we have said the government must be able to implement, which is the strategy, because in the strategy we've got five pillars, uh, which those pillars we think and in fact believe that if there could be a commitment from the side of government, from the side of the private sector, mm. and any other individual that would be interested that has got an economical uh, viability to assist youth development, such is possible to happen. So the government is doing uh, its own part in terms of making sure that what would have been agreed in Parliament is stated down, and with the energy and the help of South African Youth Council and the commitment that people themselves are showing in making sure that they are taking their own resolution into a, a reality. So for now, we can we can certainly say we are able to be given the same treatment that the provincial government has given. Mm-hmm. We are getting it even at the local level, and we are also getting it in, in district level. But what matters most is that which we are raising, which in every platform that we are we, we are getting, we always say government must only produce a mm-hmm. document and put it in a shelf and it gathers dust. Mm. That is what we, have, we are saying. And on this year's uh, uh, parliament, we resolved that there will be no any other parliament that which we are again going to attend if the provincial risk strategy is not implemented. Mm. Because it will be a fruitless expenditure and a fruitless exercise mm. to continuously go to parliament and say this is how we think things should be in relation to young people, but the document that should be a guiding and a yardstick towards that is being put aside. Mm. So for now, sure. we can safely say that on many issues that were agreed upon last year, the government has read our call, and the only fundamental point now that which we are expecting the government 
to have a footing onto is the implementation of the provincial sure, legislative sure. as mm. adopted by government and the young people of the state. Mm. Let me go to you, Tiet, in terms of what Resell is highlighting there. How do you make sure, especially as the mm. Nelson Mandela's Children's Fund, that it's not just another uh, project where you know you just get this initiative of getting maybe young people into kind of this exercise that is fruitless, but how do you make sure that, that this exercise is something worth the time, that it's not just a waste of funds, but it's something that's actually unpacking into becoming as something that cements um, really the voice of young people within parliament proceedings because it could be just a fruitless uh, uh, activity that is just like an extramural thing for young people and that's a waste of time in my view. True, true, Benjamin. Thanks for, for that question. I think this is a very important question. Um, as the fund, uh, together with the Department of Social Development, we, the, the children after the parliament, you know, they will develop what we call a declaration. So this is a list of all the issues uh, that they have raised and also the possible solutions you know, that they feel uh, will address their issues. And that declaration is then signed by the CEO of the fund and also the minister of of of, um, of DSD. You know, as a commitment to say children's issues, you know, mm. and youth issues are, are, are paramount. You know, and therefore they should be addressed. And mm. also, at the next sitting, you know, there will be a response from the, the from the minister as a, as well as the CEO, CEO of the fund. You know, responding to those issues that children uh, uh, raised. Uh, over and above that, we we make sure that we 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 select, or rather, children select their their ambassadors per province. Mm. You know, to say all the issues that we have uh, raised and and the possible solutions. We therefore uh, give you the responsibility to, to develop. Uh, plans collectively with your municipalities, with DSD, with Office mm. on the Rights of Children, you know, so that uh, the discussions or what what takes place at the Parliament is not only a talk shop, mm. you know, but it, it it is realized. And also, the ambassadors are, are charged with the responsibility of making sure that they go back to their provinces, they go back to their municipalities, mm. to their communities and introduce themselves, you know, mm. and, and, and also give a feedback about, about the children's parliament. Mm. So, so for us, um, the, the children and youth issues are very important, you know, because when, uh, the, 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 when Nelson Mandela established uh, the Nelson Mandela Children's Fund, you know, he then gave us a vision, you know, mm. to say, uh, you know, I want this institution to change the way society treats its children mm. and youth. Sure. You know? I need and, to go, sure, sure, sorry to cut you off there. It's, I need to go to a quick break. It's 11.30 Central African time. I'll come back to you there. Okay. And uh, we'll, we'll continue that kind of conversation that you're going on about there. And uh, we're looking at the youth voice within parliament. Uh, how important is it? We know in Africa we've got a large population of young people, almost dominating population uh, amongst uh, uh, Africans. So give us your thoughts. How important is the youth voice in our African parliaments? Remember, you can SMS us on plus two seven seven nine six nine five seven nine three zero, or you can email us at info at channelafrica.org. I have to quickly go to a break and we'll come back with our guests.
good news for listeners in America. You can now listen to Channel Africa by phoning 605-47-1711. So, if you're a Channel Africa listener in America, simply dial 605-47-1711. Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. Always missing your favorite Channel Africa radio shows? Well, now you don't have to. We have a free catch-up service that allows you to listen to Channel Africa radio content from your cell phone, computer or tablet at your convenience. Visit www.channelafrica.co.za and click on Programs for a list of your favorite shows. Select what you want to hear. Click on Listen and enjoy Channel Africa Radio. It's as easy as that. Channel Africa Radio, the voice of the African Renaissance. Yes, this is Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance, and you're listening to African Dialogue. We come to you every Monday to Thursday at 1100 hours Central African time. Remember, you can listen to us on DSTV. We've moved to the, uh, Channel 802 on the audio bouquet. We're still on shortwave on the frequency 9625 kilohertz on the 31 meter band to Southern Africa. And uh, remember, you can also join us online on www.channelafrica.co.za. Today, we're asking the question, how important is the voice of the youth in terms of in participation of a parliament? How important is the youth voice in our African parliaments? And we're looking at the example of what's happening in South Africa as we are zooming into the celebrations of uh, uh, the uh, 1976 uprisings where young people stood and said they will not uh, actually stand for having Afrikaans as the main medium of education. So today we're saying Years later, how is the life of young people in contemporary South Africa? And today we're looking at uh, the parliament. We've got Josias Masangu, who is a Mpumalang ambassador, Wangamula Wuzi, who is also the Limpopo ambassador, part of the youth parliament organized by the Nelson Mandela Children's Fund in partnership with the Department of Social Development. Also on the line, we've got Zieti uh, Mukhelo, who is a project officer of youth development at the Nelson Mandela Children's Fund. We Selam Botela is a member of parliament, uh, part of that South African Youth Council and is really gearing up things in her own community there in the Eastern Cape. But I want to come to you, Wanga, uh, because um, as we heard there from Tietze, you guys went out, you spoke and had a conversation about what parliament can do. And then you had to come back and also uh, present these things in your community. After this whole process, Wanga, do you think anything was done in terms of your concerns with this? youth parliament do you think that it was worth your time yes i really think it was worth my time it's just that when we come back there's a uh, the government not really necessarily the government but the municipality where you come from and you address what was addressed in the national level somehow they don't really understand what you're trying to see or you telling them so it becomes difficult for you to do your responsibility mm. as an ambassador because, like, the mayor doesn't understand what she's trying to say. It doesn't really give you time to explain the point of view or the responsibilities that I have to do to help to do this and that. 
Mm. So it becomes really difficult to me as a child to perform my responsibilities, like to do my duties as an ambassador. So it becomes very difficult. And then, so like, but with the help of the fund at the department, you are able to do so much. And I really feel like as an ambassador, as you are chosen, not yet as an, as an ambassador, but as a representative to the parliament, you are agreeing to that I want to bring change to my community. I hear you there, Wanga. Basically, there wasn't really much cooperation from your municipality, which is very unfortunate. Josias, when you came back from presenting your concerns in the youth parliament, you came back to your own municipality. Did you get the same response that Wanga received as well? Not necessarily saying the same response. Okay. Municipality. Give us your experience. Uh, from my yes, from my RC, Mr. Topolzwini, and my municipality, Dr. Jess Moroga, they respond positively. So to 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 me saying that I must do do this and this and perform my duties as an ambassador. But then the problem became when I must change the mindset of my community. No one would leave their duties and listen to a young boy like me. Uh, when going into schools and trying to talk to the principals to give me an, an, a platform to talk to the children and can try to encourage them and educate them of what I've got from the parliament, it was a totally different story because those kids never had that time for me. But then the pro- that again problem that I say the most important one is uh, the problem of funds. Funds were never available whenever I must perform my duties because I think, again, we didn't have sponsors and people who can actually go an extra mile to can try and, and monitor you to see that your programs or your projects are accessed. And that's what my problem was, my challenge, mm. my new challenges were. Mm. So it's your response to those challenges from both Wanga Josias, uh, did the uh, Nelson Mandela Children's Fund try to help them taking their vision forward from a community level because they have highlighted those two challenges in actually unpacking their ideas back to the community? And also in terms of uh, 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 that process, I'm sure there must be a more robust manner in terms of a more individualized uh, kind of effort made by one person person uh, uh thanks thanks benjamin for for, for that question um the, the challenge really was that of strengthening the relationship between dsd the fund and and the municipalities mm-hmm. or, or, or salga you know so that when the ambassadors go back to their communities you know they have the necessary support you know to implement their project you know so, so I think what we are trying to strengthen now is, is that, that kind of relationship, you know, mm-hmm. and also to, to ensure that the, because at the municipalities, uh, there are officials that are responsible for youth and, and children's programs, mm-hmm. you know, your transversal coordinators and officers, mm-hmm. you know. So, so we are trying to, you know, to improve their understanding, you know, in terms of their role and in terms of the support that they should give to the ambassadors, you know, when they come back from mm. from the parliament, mm. and also to ensure that their their, their projects are implemented, sure. and, and the issues that were raised are responded to. 
Mm, Risa, let me come back to you. And I think that uh, both Josiah and Suanga, as young there, they brought very much important aspects, which is support on the ground, grassroots level coordination. Uh, are you also facing the same struggles in terms of supporting that youth parliament that you need more of that grassroots level um, support and coordination? do yes we do uh you know you know in, in terms of our even our own operation we're working with all the sectors of young people that we have in our own province mm. we're working with controllers our youth formation uh politically ngo business uh organizations that we know that uh, they're aligned towards south african youth council to achieve moral regeneration movement um your contralesa, your house of traditional leaders, mm, mm. because some of the issues that we raise, we might not be able to do them either South African Youth Council, but because of their own location, you find that this uh, issue, if I may just make a, an example, sure. when it comes to the crisis of, 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 um, of circumcision in our own province, the only institution that is best suited with, uh, in dealing with that is the House of Traditional Leaders and the controllers. So the partnership that we get to, uh, to have and mm, get to mm. create with our own uh, uh, counterparts is based on what we think that particular entity can offer to us and also the business because we understand that there can be no full implementation of this development in any country with the exclusion of the private sector. So hence, after now and then, we try to mingle and try to get into the business and say, besides anything else that mm. uh, is being raised uh, as a challenge for youth development, what can the business sector offer? And if then uh, what is being identified doesn't need the monetary value, then what then can the young people themselves do? Because other things that we need to do, we need to, to understand is that some other things don't necessarily need monetary contribution. Uh, other things, they just need committed young people, people who want to have a contribution in, our own, in their own communities, so, mm. people who want to see South Africa being more forward. Mm. So hence, we always make sure that each and every platform that we get, but it's in public uh, platform, be it in the social media, be it in the government mm. uh, uh, programs that we get to attend, we make sure that we say, South African Youth Council must be a, 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 an organization that is localized and sure. currently in our own province. If, mm. the, if, if it, in a context of a municipality, you've got eight local municipalities, that makes a district. We say the only time you can say you've got leadership of the region that is existing with a, a, a term of office is only when the locals themselves, they've got the same arrangement, both of the region and the province, because we can't have only a, a, a debate that is taking place mm. at the provincial level and at the grassroots level, which is in the, our own local, mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. the core base of issues raised by young people is mm. taking place who are not found. We said also, and we time, said, like, I have to ask you, I get your point there, but also another thing that I wanted to ask you was, was the fact that, you know, how do we get more young people involved? How do we get more young people? How do we get this thing in township holes? How do we get it into mm-hmm. the streets? How, why don't we just have just tents that are erected in the no. townships and we just call young people just to speak about their views because young people are unemployed they are there in the townships mm. but are we reaching mm. them in accessible manners we should do more i believe yeah. your thoughts there Vicela? yes yes uh, we, we should be doing more and, and i can so i'll come to you Vicela, uh, carry on okay, okay. 
uh, in actual fact, I agree with you fully because, in terms, as as you're saying that, we need to reach more. But I can also say that you know, in terms of what we did this year in in representation of young people in the parliament, we were saying uh, we need 500 young people, mm. but a region that is able to. 8,000 must be able to do that because sure. issue of youth development it, it must be inclusive in all forms. Mm. And I, I, I tell you, there is no uh, region where we have had less than 500. We have had more than 500 and young people being elected. But mm. still, we believe that as you'd understand that young people, they constitute 50% of the, of, of the population mm. of the world. So, even that number, it was just for a starting point and mm. also consider some of the challenges financially that we sure, have. We still believe that an extensive engagement mm. is needed and an extensive participation is also important because so let me, let me, they are the ones sure. that actually determine the future. Let me let so uh, Tietzi come into this, uh, Vuisela, just to give him final commentary. Mm. I think he had something to say there. Uh, um, Tietzi, you've got a minute uh, left. Just in a minute, just give me your assertions and your final sentiments. Okay, thank you, Benjamin. Um, I think you, you're asking a very important question in terms of representation, you mm-hmm. know, and participation of young people and children, especially at the municipal ward level, mm-hmm. you know, because if, if uh, the, the, the participation is well coordinated there, you mm-hmm. know, then we have, um, you know, defined representation of children. You know, children will have... Uh, the blessings, you know, from other children and youth to go and represent them mm. either at the, you know, provincial parliament or, or national parliament. Mm. And also when, when, when children come back, it is easy for them, you know, to, to give feedback sure. to other children, you know, sure. and, and to be held accountable. Well, so, I need to wrap it up there, I think uh, that you make a good point there in terms of making sure that this infiltrates right to the grassroots. It's community uh, centered. Thank you so much to our guests. It was a great discussion. Thank you to our young people, Josias Masangu uh, and uh, Wanga Mulawuz, the two ambassadors who are part of the youth parliament. Uh, you guys are doing great. I pray that you guys have a great future ahead of you and keep being leaders in your own communities. Thank you to Tietzi Mukhele, who's a project officer of the youth leadership, part of the Nelson Mandela Children's Fund. Thank you. Finally, but not least, thank you to Vuisela Mbotrela, who is a member of parliament, uh, of youth parliament in the Eastern Cape and also member of the South African Youth Council. Your thoughts on this issue? Give us your thoughts. Remember, you can uh, give us your thoughts on plus two seven seven nine six nine five seven nine three zero. I need to quickly move on. Wisani Matebula is already with us to give us our economics news. Good news for listeners in America. You can now listen to Channel Africa by phoning 605-47-1711. So, if you're a Channel Africa listener in America, simply dial 605-47-1711. Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance.
Good morning. Thanks, uh, Benjamin. The head of Tehran's Civil Aviation Authority says Iran and U.S. aerospace giant Boeing have reached an agreement for the purchase of 100 aircraft to renew their country's aging fleet. The head of the civil aviation body, Albi Albednaz, says uh, they have 250 planes in the country. 230 need to be replaced. And Zimbabwe's cash-strapped government says it will delay paying June salaries for the military and police by up to two weeks. Workers on the state payroll will only receive their salaries next month. The military, which is a key pillar of uh, President Robert Mugabe's rule, is usually the first to get paid around mid-month. Zimbabwe has been delaying pay dates for its uh, public servants for nearly a year due to cash flows problems. But this is the first time that the, the salaries have been delayed for this long. Meanwhile, Zimbabwe's central bank is to cover for rain currency losses incurred by the tourism industry as a result of accepting the volatile South African rand. It's a move tourism minister, Walter Zimbi, says will encourage uh, the greater circulation of the rand. South Africa's currency has been legal tender in Zimbabwe since 2009. Shinga Nyoka reports. We will provide cover for any exchange losses between the rand and the US dollar by the tourism sector. So in other words, when you transact on a daily basis, you sell your runs to the Reserve Bank at an agreed motivating exchange rate. And South Africa's presidential labor working group will meet uh, on Tuesday to discuss the struggling economy. The group includes uh, South African President Jacob Zuma, his deputy Cyril Ramaphosa, economic cluster ministers and trade unions. The meeting follows a recent economic renewal report back meeting to Zuma about business and will reflect on the work being done by government, business and labor to reignite growth. And Rwanda's tea earnings have declined 229.38 US dollars during last week's Mombasa tea auction from 942.34 US dollars the previous week. The volumes uh, sold also dropped as the country sold 308.6 kilograms of tea compared to 388 kilograms sold during the previous auction. The beverage was up at $3.2 per kilo last, in last week's auction. Now let's look at your financial indicators. The US dollar trading at 1512, South African rands at 10.85, Botswana Bula 10.89, Zambian Guacha. Also trading at 0.64 to the British pound and 0.88 against the euro. Commodities gold $1,284, platinum at $966 per fine ounce. Brent crude oil $49.63 per barrel. That's how it's looking right now. I'll be back in an hour's time with another update. Well, it's time for us to get our sports from Fixozo, and that's Fili Lingwati. First up in our sports update this hour is Rugby News. Springbok coach Alistair Kutsi praised his team's resilience and character as they came back from a 19-3 halftime deficit to finish 32-26 winners in the second test of the Castle Lager incoming series against Ireland at the Emirates Airline Park on Saturday. 
Kutsi says his team was tactically better and carried the ball well in the second half after another shocking first half display of rugby. Obviously, we we really satisfied with the victory and pleased with uh, the way we came back and won it. Uh, that is our game is. There are ebbs and flows in rugby, so we're not pleased with the first half, obviously. But uh, I think the focus would be on the second half and the way we put things together. And that is really the plan, ultimately, going forward, where we looked after the ball. Um, tactically, we were better. Uh, our set piece have been good throughout. And, and just a ball carries. That, that's been the difference, creating that momentum and keeping the ball alive in the wide channel. Put us in a better position. Yes, game of two halves, old cliche. But uh, still, you know, it, it, it's testimony to a, a team that showed resilience and massive, massive character. So I'm pleased. And Springbok captain Adrian Strauss singled out the character of his team and them always keeping the belief that they could win the game as the standout points in the dramatic victory. I'm very happy with the character the guys showed. Uh, show tonight, um, especially the last couple of minutes, uh, we were under pressure coming out at halftime. And like Coach said, we spoke about resilience, and that you know we want that to be one of our core values, and it is one of our core values. And uh, we, we also, you know, knew that we had to have that belief that we can still win, and then be process driven, take it play by play, and not focus on the end result. And uh, we did exactly that. And the momentum just kept on building. And, you know, as the support got behind us, that really helped as well. You know, we, like you, like you rightly said, half-time, we went off. It wasn't that positive. But, um, you know, as, as, as the supporters got behind us, it really helped. And the m- momentum um, and uh, the flow of the game shifted. And uh, fortunately, we could pull it through in the, the last couple of minutes. In rugby news, continuing with the junior spring boxing, the coach for Stuart Springboks, David Theron, has made six changes to his starting team to face England in the World Rugby Under-20 Championship semi-final at the Academy Stadium in Manchester, England, tonight. Powerful wings, Bosis Ngozi, and exciting scrum half Ambrose Papir are ruled out of the clash due to thigh and ankle injuries, respectively, while Theron named a new front row and recalled vice-captain Ernst van Rijn to the starting lineup in place of Kubas Vise. The other changes see the Eastern Province duo of prop Nicolas Urshazen and Hooker Tango Balegile join forces with Vodacom Blue Bulls prop Jako Holzhausen in the front row, which resulted in Franco van der Berg, Jan Henning Kempfer, and Galu Saji dropping to the bench. Thron is expecting a tough challenge from England, but is confident that his charges have what it takes to advance to the final. And in athletics, IWAF president has refuted the suggestion that the decision to keep the suspension of Russian Athletics Federation in place and so prevent Russian athletes taking part in any international co- competition, including the Olympic Games, was motivated by politics. First of all, uh, the council is made up of 26, 27 people from all four corners uh, of the globe. The decision was unanimous. Politics was not playing a part in that room today. The criteria that was established uh, at the time of the provisional suspension was very clear. It was unambiguous. That's your Sport News this hour.
Well, that's how we wrap up our program today. Thank you for joining us right here on Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. And uh, we'll be back with you tomorrow. Uh, remember, African Dialogue comes to you every Monday to Thursday at 1100 hours Central African time. We're asking the question today, how important is the voice of young people in Parliament on the continent? Give us your thoughts. Remember, you can SMS us on plus two seven seven nine six nine five seven nine three zero. That's plus two seven seven nine six nine five seven nine three zero or you can send us your emails at info at channelafrica dot org. Tweet us at African Dialogue. That's our Twitter handle. Our other handles at African Dialogue. It's at Channel Africa One. That's at Channel Africa One. From me, Benjamin Mushatam until next time, God bless. If shovels could speak, they would say they are tired of digging graves. If shovels could speak, they would say they are tired of witnessing coffins being lowered. Same feather flock together. Barbarism, butchery, human slaughter is not an end of heroism. Africa, for Africans. An African can never be foreign in Africa. Africa, Africa, my soil. Africa, my soul. Africa, my roots.
Africa for Africans. Africa unites. I'm an African before I'm South African. Africa unites. An African is known to be his brother's keeper. And that is exactly who I am. Africa unites.